Welcome to the Glory Tellers Podcast. We're your hosts, Emily, Caitlin, and Beth Ann. Here we share stories of people who are doing extraordinary things in the midst of their ordinary lives. All for the glory of God. We are so excited you're here. Let's dive in. Hey, Kate. Hey. Hi. Hello. We're sad that you couldn't be here with us today, but I'm glad we have technology where you can just hop on and talk. I know, right? Yeah. I'm glad to not be with you. I know. Carter and Molly are sad that their buddies aren't here too. And I was like, I'm sad that my buddy's not here. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So are you sipping any coffee or? I'm actually on my sparkling water, seltzer water right now. Mm. I will alternate back to caffeine after this. Mm. <laughs> we went with straight caffeine. Mm-hmm. Bethany brought me a coffee. Sweet. What are you all drinking? I got a brown sugar latte. What did you get? I didn't even ask you. I got a coconut cream pie. Oh. (laughs) Sounds very decadent and not in your fitness plan whatsoever. (laughs) I hope uh, he doesn't listen to this. (laughs) That sounds like dessert in a cup. Mm -hmm. Well, I think she was preparing because... Did you know we're talking to Beth Ann about Beth Ann's story today? I know. (laughs) She deserves all the caffeine. She deserves all the (laughs) caffeine. So you heard that right. Our yes. guest today is our very own Beth Ann. Hello. <laughs> so we're coming into our third season. Can you guys even believe it? No. Like, what I is know. this? What I mean, is yeah. this? What even is time I don't, anymore? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what year it is? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Isn't it still 2020? (laughs) Right. Well, I saw a meme the other day that said something like it was a guy walking and he was turning his head backwards, looking like down behind him. And it was 2020 behind him. And he was like, I'm still processing 2020. And 2022 is four months away. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Mm. What has happened to the last two years of our life? I don't even know. Sure. Yeah. We need to just have a life update episode. Mm-hmm. We we'll do. Just, because <laughs> I feel like we've got a lot to catch up on. Yes, we do. Because I know there's people just sitting on the edge of their seat thinking, I wonder what they're doing. <laughs> oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so let's hop right in because I think that this is going to be so special today. I am so excited about it. Um Beth Ann is going to share about her journey with her sweet ray of sunshine daughter, Phoebe. Phoebe was diagnosed with childhood apraxia of speech when she was two. And today, Beth Ann is being extremely brave and vulnerable in sharing her story with us. Our hope is that you're encouraged by their faith journey, whether you're a parent with a special needs child as well, or maybe you're loving on one in your community. So we are just really excited to hear her story today and do you just want to hop right in and give us a little timeline yes that is my plan um let's just start at the beginning yeah and our listeners don't know this but I've been wanting to um do this episode for a while but it can just feel really overwhelming to even just get like what I'm about to share like in the right order and um I've also just felt kind of like scared to not do Phoebe justice or do our story justice and just a lot of a lot of stuff there that I bet um, other parents of kids with special needs can probably relate to even there but um, I'm gonna just start so here we go I'm proud of you. 
Um, so this story begins on July 20th, 2015. And that is when our third baby, Phoebe Gwen Hubert, was born. And um, she joined two brothers at the time, Holden, who was three and a half, and Brooks, who was two. Um, and if you want to tell me I had my hands full, I don't care. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Doesn't bother me at all. I did. <laughs> uh, still do. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot. But um, so a couple months into Phoebe's existence, um, we started having some feeding issues and um I just could tell that something wasn't right. She started off nursing really well, and then she just wasn't. And I just knew um, something wasn't right. And that was the beginning of those types of little hunches, just feeling like something something is off here, something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she ended up having a tongue and lip tie, and we took her to get those lasered. Um, which went well and everything, but it did not resolve the feeding problems. And even when she went to a bottle, um, that was also hard. I had to try a lot of different uh, bottle nipples to find one that she finally would take well, which thankfully I did. Um, And then moving on, she was just a quiet baby. In fact, we sometimes called her Phoebe Mouse and I mean, I just didn't think anything of it. It was just Phoebe. She was quiet. Um, But then some more things kind of began happening. Like she did not walk until she was like 18 to 19 months, um, which isn't completely, you know, out of the realm of possibility. Some kids are just slower walkers. um, And she wasn't really forming words, um, you know, one year old and beyond. But our pediatrician at the time just said he basically wasn't worried until she was two. So I was like, you know, well, okay. (laughs) Um, But the speech thing did continue to bother me. And I just remember thinking that I felt like I knew she would be talking if she could. Like I knew she wanted to, but it was just like she just couldn't. so this was around 21 months. So just a few months before she turned two, we started going to speech. I contacted our local speech therapist and um, we started going there. I think a couple of times a week for like 30 sessions, 30 minute sessions each time. Um, and another just little side note was her vision. And I can't even remember now what, what tipped us off about her vision. Um, Maybe it was that one of her eyes would drift at times, turn in a little bit. Um, And so went to the eye doctor and I realized that this is like a really pretty normal thing um, for people, their kids getting glasses. But it's just, you know, one other thing, one other little part of the story. But I also want to acknowledge that like even that can be emotional. And Emily, I think I remember when Mm -hmm. um, Molly got glasses Mm -hmm. and that being a little emotional for you. And I just remember being sad about her sweet little face being covered up with glasses, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And the mom guilt of like, oh my gosh, have you not been able to see this whole time? (laughs) Yeah. Molly was five for five years. You haven't been able to see. Yeah. Um, So just even any little thing with your child, you know, is unsettling and can stir up emotions. Mm -hmm. But um, so then moving on, 
a few, let's see, 2018. So she was born in 2015. We're now at 2018. Um, and, you know, just all of these issues together was just painting a bigger picture of like, why, just why? Like my other kids don't have even one of these issues and she has, you know, these multiple things going on mm -hmm. and I just didn't feel settled about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, talked to our pediatrician again and, and basically suggested that he refers to a geneticist, mm -hmm. which he did. And so we went to see a very well-renowned um, experienced geneticist um, and he ordered an MRI of her brain to look for structural abnormalities. So we did that, which MRI is a process, you know, um, sedating your child and taking them away and all that. Um, so from that, she was diagnosed with Chiari 1 malformation. Um, and Chiari 1 malformation is basically where um, her cerebellum, like the bottom part of her brain, was herniated into her spinal column. And that's, I mean, it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> and as you can imagine, it was getting kind of squished um, and creating pressure, which can cause, you know, just problems with development, um, problems with coordination, problems with headaches, um, a host of things. And we were told that hers was pretty severe and that it would require surgery, which was, um, which is called Chiari decompression surgery. They basically take that cerebellum, get it out of the spinal column up where it needs to be. Um, and we had to have another MRI of her spine before we were able to get that surgery, but we did have that surgery in April of 2018. So just a few months before she was three, um, it all went very, very well, thankfully. And in fact, that was kind of just a side story of its own, how amazing she did after the surgery. Um, you know, just a few hours after having brain surgery, she was like dancing to music <laughs> in her bed and <laughs> asking in her own way for um, grapes and scrambled eggs to eat. <laughs> and one of the big things about having Chiari surgery is the nausea that usually follows it. And yeah, our girl was asking for scrambled eggs and grapes mm. that night. So That's amazing. Um, I remember that picture you posted of her like smiling in bed. Yeah. It's like, you just had brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Yes. And um, she loved the movie Marmaduke at the time because she loves dogs and she was requesting to watch that. And so she laid in that little hospital bed and watched Marmaduke. And I mean, I just remember coming in to see her after and, you know, she just, she did not look like herself at all. She was swollen, mm -hmm. just, you know, didn't look like herself, but yet she was acting like herself. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on um, later in April, well, actually a year later in April of 2019, she ended up having eye surgery. So pretty much a year after her Chiari surgery, she had eye surgery to correct strabismus, you know, how her eye was turning inward, they needed to realign the eye muscles to straighten that out. So um, we had that done, which again, wasn't fun. And we had to, um, you know, do drops in her eyes after that. And so it was pretty traumatic. And I think that's probably why she still doesn't like to get water in her eyes and have her hair washed and stuff like that. Um, and we did end up getting more genetic testing. In fact, the most extensive genetic testing possible. It's called whole exome sequencing and um, it all came back normal. So we are very thankful for that. And we praise God for that. Um, 
at the same time, we have a lot of unanswered questions and it's kind of hard to know which of her issues we can acquire to apraxia, which ones are the result of Chiari. If it's all just meshed together, does not really even matter? You know, mm-hmm. just a lot of unknowns. Um, I'm sure that was kind of discouraging to not be able to get a definite answer from the genetic doctor, but at the same time, a blessing that you right. didn't find anything from the genetic doctor. Right. But just in that like unknown of she, she is her own little mystery. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's yes. just Phoebe. Yes. And I've heard it said somebody, uh, I've, I read about um, some parents like being kind of offended by like saying that your child is like a puzzle or something, but mm-hmm. that, that is how uh-huh. I thought of Phoebe. Like she has been a little puzzle to figure out and yeah. thankfully God has, um, you know, helped us figure out the pieces along the way, but mm-hmm. I don't take offense of that, but yeah. I also don't shame anyone who does. You just never know, right. you know, what's going to pull on your mama heartstrings. So, mm-hmm. but, um, so fast forward today to today, um, we've had a couple, <laughs> I guess, uneventful years pretty much. Um, thankfully since all of that, and she gets occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, at the public school that she goes to, she's in kindergarten now. She also gets speech there and she gets, um, speech therapy, um, also, um, which is like an hour away drive for us, but worth it. Yay. There, I got that part done. So (laughs) I think it would be helpful to describe like people who don't know what apraxia is, people who don't know Phoebe, what, what technically is apraxia? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what is a challenge in her life? Yes. Thank you for asking me that because once you like know what it is and live with it, you're just, yeah, apraxia. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think it's something that most people haven't heard of probably still. And I had never heard of it before my child was diagnosed with it. Um, and so it is a lifelong neurological speech disorder. Um, it's not your general phonological speech disorder that, you know, is very common. It is quite rare. Um, and so the way I explain it to people is her brain has a difficult time sending the messages to, to like the muscles of her mouth, the muscles needed for speech. So people with apraxia know what they want to say, but they quite literally can't get it out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. So, um, I imagine that to be extremely frustrating. Oh yeah. And, um, that's, part of the reason why we're like, how is she so happy all the time? (laughs) You know? Um, but very thankful for that also. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think it would be very frustrating, but Mm -hmm. she is quite happy most of the time she's getting sassy. (laughs) So how does she communicate with you? Yeah. So she, you know, she has her own appropriations, if you will, of words, So, um, much like, you know, a child starting out speech, that's, you know, one year old, sometimes they kind of have their own language and Mm -hmm. their moms and dads understand them. And that's kind of how it is with us too. Mm -hmm. Um, and people that don't know her well can understand her some as well. Um, but she, she does have some words, um, but every sound is a struggle and, um, we can, we know a lot of what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. She's also an amazing like gesture, mm-hmm. like gesture maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and 
really I mean she does not have a problem most of the time getting her point across yeah. like I f- feel like people know what she right. wants and she knows what she wants right. so right. she finds uh, ways to get her point across for sure she we do also have a um, assisted communication device with a program called LAMP um, that is basically a bunch of buttons that are connected with words and it's all set up for motor speech disorders um like apraxia and um so she does use that some and she is really good at it when she wants to be but in typical six-year-old fashion like she doesn't always want to Mm -hmm. it is on an ipad which is kind of big and cumbersome for her petite little frame and so it has its challenges as well but it is a really neat option right i can only imagine the challenges though in like the toddler stage because I can see just with Callie, I mean, I don't even want to use it as a comparison. Like her speech delays were, and were nothing in comparison to this, but I know that there was a lot of anger and aggression in a, in a tiny two-year-old body because she couldn't communicate to me what she needed or wanted. And I can't imagine that continuing like in, into those, you know, there's so much developmentally going on with them and mm-hmm. they want to be in control and they want to do things themselves and to be frustrated and not be able to communicate to you what they want would probably set up lots of outbursts, lots of tantrums and a lot of focus and energy on your part when you're still trying to care for two other children. Yeah. So I can imagine that you're very, you know, spread thin sometimes mm-hmm. when, yeah. when you're dealing with everything altogether. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing, Bethann. You're welcome. You did that like so directly, like (laughs) like literally was like fluidly coming out of your mouth. I am just amazed. (laughs) I know it's so heavy, but I'm thinking of like as you're sharing, I'm thinking of like you know you get this like image of an iceberg, and you kind of see that used in different ways, and like how it goes underneath so much, you know, like so deep, but we only Mm -hmm. see like the tip above Mm -hmm. the water, Mm -hmm. and like I think about this with you and like like knowing you through this whole journey and like, even as like your good friend who has, you know, texted with you in hard moments, prayed with you, you know, we've just been there with you through all of this. Mm-hmm. Still, it's like, even that, I know we've only seen like that tip top part, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know there's so much underneath that, like you have walked through in faith and that you have faced and that you carry every day and do mm-hmm. it so well. And, um, and so, I guess, will you just talk to us a little bit more about like your faith journey through this and how your faith has deepened in this walk? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for all of that. It was very sweet and almost made me cry. But... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that I definitely rely on God more than I probably would have if I didn't have Phoebe in my life. Um, you know, obviously just through all the medical stuff and all the unknowns, I've just had to trust him with her. And I think that has caused me to also be able to release all of my kids to God. Um, not just her, because I know firsthand that he knows them best. Like he literally knows all the answers to this. Like mm-hmm. he, he knows everything we don't know about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that's deepened my trust with him um, because he knows. So I trust him and the same with my other kids. Um, and just listening to those nudges, like I mentioned earlier, 
um, and trusting that, you know, they're from the Holy Spirit and just going with them because what else do I have to go on? (laughs) You know, so um, yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I mean, even just being your friend in this journey and seeing this, like, like you challenge me in that way too, and watching how you do that so well. Thanks. You do. <laughs> I mean, I'm just here to cheer on Beth Ann. So <laughs> cheer well, on Mama Bear. <laughs> like I said before, I mean, so you have Holdman Brooks that you are also the mom of. Mm. And I feel like a lot of parents with special needs children probably feel like a lot of their attention and time goes to that child because mm-hmm. they just demand a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you still have two other children in a marriage. So how has this journey with Phoebe challenged and grown your family? And mm-hmm. how have you seen um, the siblings respond um, to her situation? Mm-hmm. Um I think that they, that Phoebe has caused Holden and Brooks to be more tender and more gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, of course they can still be loud and crazy and rough. I'm not saying that yeah. they aren't, but I do see a tenderness and gentleness in them, um, in dealing with her. And I think for the most part in dealing with others, um, and they do look out for her. And sometimes I can feel a little guilty about that, you know, um, cause sometimes I feel like, gosh, they shouldn't have to be put in that position to where they're worrying about her, you know, but then I'm like, but that's making them empathetic Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making them, you know, they know that, um, not every child has it as easy as them. And I do remind them of that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah. And, uh, you mentioned marriage, which I really hadn't even thought about in preparing for this, but, um, letting people help, so mm-hmm. we can have a date night and um, spend time together mm-hmm. is definitely key. And we're thankful to have um, our parents who are helpful, but just letting people help. And there are worries that come along with that um, just in taking care of her. Um, that could hold me back from letting other people, you know, babysit and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just have to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in mentioning the kiddos, so can you talk to us a little bit about helping us with our children when they meet kiddos, you know, at church or on the playground or at school that have learning differences, just how we can, you know, better help them handle that interaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's just good to explain to them the best of your ability um, you know, what is, if you know, like, you know, in our case, you guys know Phoebe, so you know what's going on with her. So I think explaining that to your kids is a great thing, or I can explain it to them if you, if you want me to, you know. Um, but like, as far as strangers or people that don't really know our story, or you may not know the story of a, someone you're around, um, I think it's just good to teach them compassion and kindness and, you know, all the things that I hope we're teaching our kids anyway. Um, and also just, you know, talking to them about how everybody has unique needs, like Mm -hmm. they have unique likes and dislikes and things that make them mad and um, ways that they learn well, read well, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And it's really no difference. And, um, you know, just talking about how God has made us each unique and that we all have a purpose to fulfill in God's Mm -hmm. kingdom and Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main. I don't remember if it was you or someone else I was listening to. Um, because one of my kids asked me, um, I mean, it's been a while now. Um, I think it was probably a couple of years ago. And one of my kids asked me, how come Phoebe doesn't talk? Mm. And I said, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how I explained it, but I feel like I remember saying something like God created her brain different. She just communicates differently mm. mm-hmm. because that's the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. and we're speaking the truth to them. Yeah. Like okay. every single one of us are created differently. And some people just communicate differently. Yes. Some people use sign language. Some people use, you know, whatever it is that mm-hmm. they're using to communicate some mm-hmm. devices or whatever. Um, and like, that was okay with them. I think yeah. that we think kids want more of the root cause and they want to hear why. And it's like, kids are so matter of fact, if you say, yeah. oh, God made them different. They just communicate different. They were like, Oh, okay. And like went them all along with their day. <laughs> And I think that it does give the opportunity for our kids to show kindness and to realize that every single person is different mm-hmm. and we have to show compassion and love to anyone, regardless of what, what they look like, sound like, learn like, talk like, just mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really good to point out some strengths about that child too. Like, don't you love how happy she always mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. Be funny, yeah. you know, so they can kind of focus on that instead mm-hmm. of the differences. And not to say like, Shh, we don't talk about that. Right. You know? right. Or, or make it like, it's a shame thing. Like talk about it. Yeah. Be open with them and explain to them, you know, if you see someone that only has one arm, you don't point and stare at them. Yeah. They don't have one arm because of this. And, you know, we're not going to look and stare at them and like talk about mm-hmm. it because the kids have to learn those behaviors from someone. And if you teach them to ignore it, that's not helping anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I remember one time, this is kind of changing gears here a little bit, but you, we were talking and you, what you need to know is Beth Ann has been a huge, huge advocate for Phoebe when doctors weren't giving answers. Um, she was seeking out the answers herself. She was doing the research. They have the medical background. Um, and she has just been a huge advocate. Well, I remember you saying that you found this website and it was like, this is Phoebe. Like, and I don't remember if this was the exact you know, form mm-hmm. of events, how this happened, but it's like, I found this website. I really think that this is Phoebe. And, um, one thing led to another and you found that there was a specialist, someone who literally specializes in childhood apraxia of speech, who was in Louisville, Kentucky an hour away, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just feel like things like that were God just like, <laughs> not to say that yeah. God plucked that speech there, was there for Phoebe, <laughs> but I'm saying that it's like you got connected to someone who was going to be able to help you with your journey. Mm-hmm. She just happened to be right there in your path. And I don't think that, that was a coincidence. So what, how have you seen God show up in Phoebe's story like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that, like the nudges I mentioned earlier. Um, and just what you just said, um, you know, I do credit God for um, those types of things that maybe someone else would just credit to their own strength or coincidence Um, and with the, um, speech therapist specialized in apraxia that we switched to, um, before that I read, I came across a book, um, called overcoming apraxia and, um, we can link that somewhere, but then the author of that book also has an Instagram and a Facebook. And, um, that led me to, you know, more groups of parents, of kids with apraxia and, um, really that book that she wrote was literally our journey, um, that I wish I had the book a couple of years earlier. So I understood it better really, because I 
really didn't understand how severe apraxia was when Phoebe was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And um, as I came to realize and learn um, how serious it really was, I realized that we needed something different. And so, yeah, that led us to someone new. And uh, I do feel like God um, has just helped us along. I, I referred to it as like a dark tunnel before and just like not knowing, you know, but then, but then he always helps us. So, Mm -hmm. so in that, I know people have come across your path um, and you've had a lot of um, people who have supported you guys and advocated and kind of helped you through, even if it was prayer or whatever it may be. Um, So what has that looked like in this journey? How has your community supported you um, or how can we, you know, think about our friends who have kiddos with special needs and help them. Mm-hmm. Well, Phoebe is really easy to love. And so, <laughs> so true. really just loving, loving her and loving your, um, you know, your friends, kids with special needs or whatever the case may be. I mean, I hope that we're all just loving on each other's kids, regardless of special needs or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, treating her no differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just encouragement is really huge because, um, you know, we're not getting that necessarily all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know how parenting is it's not very rewarding. So <laughs> just, just normal parenting. Anyway, we need a lot of encouragement. Um, and I don't mean to say parenthood is not rewarding, but there's a lot of times when it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really appreciated when people have, seemed eager to learn about apraxia, wanted Mm -hmm. to know more about it, wanted to read the book that I've mentioned. Um, when I post about apraxia, they're like, thank you so much for sharing this. You know, that, um, means a lot to me. Um, you know, when Phoebe had her Chiari surgery, um, our small group at church put together an hour by hour for the whole day, um, prayer list, like where somebody was praying for her every hour. Mm -hmm. And that gave me, well, gave us a lot of comfort. Um, and you know, now like when I get together with friends or like when I get together, when we get together with our small group, you know, um, one side note about Phoebe is she tends, she has ran off some in her lifetime (laughs) and we don't know exactly what that is. If it's just kind of part of, um, developmental delay or just, just purely being silly, you know, um, I know, other people have had this issue with just toddlers in general, but, um, that can be a stressful thing for us. And so, you know, when we're having small group, like our friends in small group have offered, you know, they've said, we'll help watch her. Like just come, right. Don't not come because Sean can't come with you. Right. You and the kids come and we'll help watch her, you know? Mm -hmm. And that seems like a small thing, but that is extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and just still, you know, being wanted, in community, people wanting us to still come. And, yeah. um, and then you guys, I mean, all of my friends, but, um, specifically you guys recently helped me with a school decision for Phoebe. That was just like a total mind block for me. And just, <laughs> so just talking and asking questions, um, like Emily kind of mentioned earlier, don't avoid the subject, but, um, you guys really helped me nail down that she only needed to go to kindergarten three days a week. And, asked me some questions that I hadn't really thought of before that led me to realizing, yeah, like she needs to go to speech two days a week and she needs to go to school three days a week. Mm-hmm. And why do I feel like she needs to go five days a week? Yeah. And you guys actually asked me 
what I was comparing her to. And I was like, I'm not, but then I was like, well, I must be, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was extremely helpful. So just asking questions and encouraging and I mean, giving advice. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about before, before we started this interview, it's like, we didn't want to have this interview and talk about all the things that were wrong with Phoebe. We wanted to talk about Phoebe's story, but we also want to share Phoebe is just this like little ray of sunshine. (laughs) She really is. She smiles all the time. You can't be around her and not be smiling. So let's talk about what is one of Phoebe's latest victories. Well, she's getting more words all the time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, not everybody may understand them, but we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's attempting more words all the time, which is a huge thing for kids with apraxia. It can be really uh, stressful for them to even attempt because they know that it's not going to come out of their mouth correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they just don't even want to try. Um, so we're, we celebrate every sound. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she has not put the duh on the beginning of daddy yet. So daddy for her is Addy. Mm-hmm. And she can kind of get that D in the middle, like mm-hmm. Addy. Mm-hmm putting it on the beginning is a whole different story. Yeah. And that's just how weird apraxia is. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's really, it's all really helped us celebrate, you know, the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's in kindergarten now, which is big stuff. And she loves school. She's been so excited to go every day and she's been happy when she's been picked up. And then another thing that has been a challenge for, with Phoebe has been potty training mm-hmm. and she's showing some promise there. Yeah. Slow, but steady mm-hmm. um, at school and at home. So that's exciting. So we, pro- I mean, we probably are on the side of celebrating things too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think but so. maybe that's part of why she's so happy. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Well, yeah. And if you're around Phoebe, I mean, you're going to smile, you're going to laugh, you're mm-hmm. going to want to play with her like you can't not (laughs) yeah so and and like you said Emily that ray of sunshine personality I love it so much and we have so much to learn from Phoebe you know so Bethany what have you guys learned through her just that ray of sunshine personality yeah um you know just learn that about being joyful despite Mm -hmm. circumstances and how littlest things can make you happy and um spark joy and um, one thing that I kind of joke about, but is true is that I've learned that we all talk too much. Like, <laughs> can we just be quiet for a minute? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, well, and just that there is a lot to be said for actions and yeah, just talk. Yeah. There's a lot of other ways to communicate. Um, you know, obviously we want her to talk and we are expectant that she will, But at the same time, um, I've been challenged to think outside the box on the fact that speech is not the premier form of communication. Like, who says, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of going against the grain. But, um, you know, she's a good communicator. She's a great communicator. She really is. It's just her own way and her own language. But who's to say that that's less than um, we can open up our minds a little bit too accept other forms of communication. Yeah. What is something that you wish people knew about apraxia? Um, one big thing is just that it's serious. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes when it is diagnosed, it is not, it is not expressed how serious it is Mm -hmm. and, um, that it is a lifelong journey. And I'm Mm -hmm. thankful that, um, I found some sources like um, there's a young man named Jordan, um, which we can link to him too, but 
he has apraxia and, you know, now he's in his twenties and in, in college, but he is a huge advocate for apraxia. And mm -hmm. so I've been able to, um, see his progress and, uh, see where this can go, but now I forgot the original question. <laughs> <laughs> just what is something that you would like people to know about? Apraxia? Okay. Yeah. But just, he's an example of, yeah. you know, that it is lifelong. He's in his twenties and he was out of speech for a while, but now he's, as of recently, he had been uh, back in it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes speech is harder for him on some days and sometimes it's easier. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that apraxia, it's, it's kind of weird because it's underdiagnosed. It can be underdiagnosed, but also can be overdiagnosed. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's what I have seen. Um, you know, if, if your child is projected to be over apraxia in mm -hmm. six months, mm -hmm. it's probably not apraxia. <laughs> mm. I know that it was hard to like dig all this up and share all of the timeline and kind of like <laughs> re-experience everything over again, but I am just really proud of you for putting it all out here. And I pray that it really helps someone, um, who is either in this specific journey or maybe in one similar with a child with special needs. And just to know that you're also just one, um, Instagram message away okay. too, because I know <laughs> you, and I know that you would love to talk to people about it. So if you wanted to follow Phoebe's story, we will link Beth Ann's Instagram account in the show notes and you can follow her journey and her progress or even connect with Beth Ann if you know someone who shares a similar story. Awesome. Thank you, Beth Ann, for sharing. You're welcome. You know what? We need to end this with popcorn questions. Even though you're not an interview with someone else, even though it's within the group, let's do a popcorn question. So I'm going to just off the cuff, let's do a Phoebe popcorn question first. How about okay. that? What is a hidden talent that Phoebe has mm. besides her superhuman strength? I did not think of that, about this beforehand, you guys. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, one is kind of her superhuman strength. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> she is. She, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of uncanny. She has had difficulty with like fine motor things mm -hmm. and such and, you know, bigger motor things like physical therapy and occupational therapy. Um, but somehow she like has the perfect form on like shooting a basketball, mm -hmm. swinging a bat, um, throwing, throwing an apple throwing, like a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> throwing. She has an amazing arm on her. Um, so I don't know if she's just athletic or what that is, but it's funny and cool. And yeah, it's I interesting. Love it. <laughs> I love it. She is just Phoebe. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your. Oh, <laughs> Um, I, I don't know that I really have one, but it's super goofy, but, um, I can play the trumpet with my mouth without a trumpet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would, wish I could do it. I would right make now, you do it right now, but I just, maybe not... I can record it and share it on Instagram sometime. Okay. Lord times, Let's but... do that. That would be a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had something better, but it is funny and goofy. So well. you're welcome. I love when we get together and talk and I'm glad that we were able to share Phoebe's story today. Cause she is just a light and I know that she's going to touch a lot of people in her lifetime. So, um, thank you for sharing it with us today. Thanks. Thanks and for being here, Bethan. For thank being you. remote with us today, Kate. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. All right. See you ladies. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us on the show today. We hope that you have been encouraged by the story that you just heard. Our heart is that the more you share our podcasts, the more we can proclaim God's glory and we can inspire others to live on mission right where they are. We challenge you to notice people around you and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Please subscribe to, share, and rate our podcast. Do you or someone you know have a story that we could share? Send us a message at glorytellerspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram to further the encouragement and details for upcoming shows at Glorytellers. And as always, don't forget to check out the show notes for more resources. See you next time.